Blog Talk Radio. Holy, 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 
How you doing? You got welcome to We Are Everyday People Global Internet Radio Network. Uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you for listening to uh, the shows up to this day. Uh, it's been I've been humbled by the amount of listenership that we have had. It is uh, Tuesday, October sixth. Anybody wants to call in, share your thoughts on this show? You can call in at seven one eight. Six six four nine five one three. Again, that's seven one eight six six four nine five one three. Well, I decided to do this show on a Tuesday. Late, uh, most recently, I've been focusing on the South Shore College for Life show that I've been doing on Thursdays, and that Thursday show will continue. Uh, I have some uh, great group of guests lined up and excited and enthusiastic about coming on. And uh, so that show will go on. But today, Tuesday, we're kind of reverting back to the original We Are Everyday People uh, internet radio show. If you noticed, I changed my intro music from Everyday People to Inner City Blues, uh, Marvin Gaye. And there's reason for that. One reason, it was time. And another, it just kind of more uh, gives emphasis on kind of what I'm feeling these days. And... uh, Believe me, my intention is not to uh, degrade anybody or not to talk down on anybody or think I'm better than anybody because I don't I don't feel that way. I do know that I, I uh, feel a certain way, and it's contrary to a lot of uh, ways that I see other people feel. Now, that's not, not necessarily a good or bad thing. It's just uh, a real thing. And one thing that I've been reading a lot about lately, not just lately, but forever, and and it's almost like I have the same questions that I had as a kid that nobody seems to answer. I was pretty much put into a position just just shut up, just shut up and don't question. Well, no. it. Just, just, and oh, this is what I'm it is. Block, and uh, you know, I, I just I, I have an issue with that. I, I really believe that what I'm reading these days, uh, as far as uh, the self genocide that's going on in our inner cities, what I'm reading about as far as the uh, uh, the mass killings uh, in church and uh, community colleges and elsewhere, things are just going around, all the atrocities, all, all the hate, all the uh, supremacy, all of the uh, black self-hate, and just things are just not really going good worldwide. Now, there's some great things that are going on, don't get me wrong. There's some great things that are going on. Of course there is. But, and they don't need fixing. They can keep going as they are. But there's a lot of things that need fixing out here. And I'm just wondering if, you know, at, at what point do we go to where is we belief system? Because it's obvious when you look at, uh, you turn on your television, listen to your radio, you, you go to the store and you see video games on, on the shelves and uh, you, you look at movies and you see what's going on and things that's, that's happening now that wouldn't even happen few years ago that are happening on national TV, all the while we pray. 
uh, I, I've heard, I, I hear these comments, I read these comments uh, that, frankly, I just don't understand them to me, and I don't mean any sense, but they don't really make any sense. It's almost like it's just uh, we have individuals who are locked in a comfort zone and are so comfortable with it that they'll, they'll do whatever it takes and believe everything, anything they need to believe, so long as they can still feel happy and comfortable, comfortable about this and don't challenge themselves to think a little deeper into the why and how and what, into the logic. So anyway, I can go on and on, but I can't go on and on that So I have a guest on today who is a student of theology, who has touched into uh, Christianity, Hinduism, uh, Buddhism, uh, uh, Islam, into the Japanese Shinto's, uh, and into the world religion, and knows a heck of a lot more about it than I know. Uh, I know based on what I see every day, in addition to a world religions class that I did take, that the best thing that class taught me, something about the individual religions, it taught me that, quite frankly speaking, that we've, there's been some miseducation out here. People believing in things that they don't understand. People believing in things because they were just told to and made to feel uh, some kind of negative way if they didn't just go for it. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to bring on a special guest today. This is a special show to me because this is a show that I've been wanting to do for a long time, but I've been really hesitating on doing this show because I know uh, what people will react to. Not all people, because quite frankly, I think that I actually believe that most people agree with me. I just believe that the people who don't are probably more vocal and that they don't, and that's cool, and that's cool. But I'm going to go ahead and do this show, and uh, I'm proud of doing it, and I hope that uh, anyone who cares to call and share their points of views uh, you're more than welcome to call in. Everybody will be treated with respect, uh, period, as always on this show. You can call in and say what you have to say, uh, however you want to say it. I won't cut you off if I disagree. This is not like the mainstream black talk radio shows where you wait on wait for an hour to get on, and then you get on and you get cut off after 10 minutes, 10 seconds. But anyway, I'm going to bring on this brother here. He comes uh, to us, uh, to Chicago area from Georgia, student of theology, and world religions. I want to bring on a brother who has done a couple of shows with me before, but we hadn't gone quite as deep as we're going to go today. This brother Lemuel Chester. Brother Lemuel, how you doing, man? How you doing? Doing great. Thank you for coming on the show. Appreciate it. All right. Good to be here. So, I, I didn't intend to talk that long, actually, but every time I get into talking about this, I, I get. I really have heartfelt uh, thoughts about religion, and because because I know what I see with my own eyes, and it's unbelievable to me to hear some of the things that I hear people saying. Uh, for example, uh, I, I hear folks saying, "Okay, hang in there. God's going to work it out." Okay, sounds good. Sounds very hopeful. Sounds like we just hang in there. That. Uh, you know, a mysterious spiritual power is just going to work it out for you. But to me, it doesn't make any sense because it means you're just going to sit back and just let things happen on their own without you having to do anything. There's nothing in there that says what you need to do. What, what, what do you attribute this 
do you feel that there has been a miseducation uh, taking place here that has us in the state that we're in, man? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. First of all, I want to say that, well, you know, you're going to have to call me back again anyway, so I'm going to have to come on there again because I know you're not going to get everything out that you, uh, you know, ask all the questions that you want. And sometimes other questions and answers bring up new questions. Absolutely. So uh, feel free. Um, I, I'm I'm glad to be here, but uh, I think that uh, I think that religion has done good, and it has done bad, and it's been used for good, and has been used for bad, and has been used against itself, like you know. Uh, Politics and religion are not really per se supposed to go together, but you know, you actually see that, you know. So therefore, it exists. But uh, um, one of the things that needs to be really talked about is, uh, you know, that there's spirituality and there's religion. And what I mean by that is that there's the spiritual side or esoteric side of religion or occult side of religion, because occult just means not easily seen. You know, it's a couple of Latin words. Occultus is one of them. But uh, uh, um, uh, ocula, to be precise. But uh, it is uh, a hidden side of it, a side that's hard to see, basically because, you know, it's all mythology, a lot of it. And what do they mean by mythology? Mythology is a hodgepodge of a lot of things that can be used. Um, One is such thing as how your body works, how does each one of these characters relate to your body uh nutritionally um, physically uh, also spiritually because there's a spiritual body and there's a physical body and some people say metaphysical and some people say, and then say physical but uh also uh uh there's the journey of your soul. Um, it's also how your mental works, how the energy in your body works, and also a lot of, what would you say, revelation or prophecy is in it. I mean, you know, and that's one of the main reasons why a lot of books were taken out, you know, like the Bible. The Bible is a mere, what would you say, shadow of itself. There's so many books taken out that has been removed. So, you know, by royal decree, by the Pope, by kings, you know, everyone that wanted to execute their own political agenda for themselves. So, is there a, you know, is there a more, pop, is there a more popular, more, wow, 
get contact? Is there a more popular version of the Bible than the other version? Is there one that kind of stands out before the others? Because the one I hear about the most is King James. Is King James the most popular version of the Bible? King James is only the, it's, you know what, as a version of the Bible, I would say in America, King James is the most popular version. Interesting. But as if in other places, that's not the case. And then there were many Bibles before King James. You know, you had a lot of Bibles before that. So so from your understanding, what's the sixth section on King James? Because I I hear people talking about the Bible, and as you say, it's interesting that you say that the King James Version is the most popular in America. And if that's the case, uh, granted, all the things that even myself understand and know about King James, there's something wrong with this picture. Well, um, well, you know, he did a lot of things for his own political reasons. First of all, you know, King James was homosexual. Uh, he, even though, you know, he was convinced by his relatives that you have to have an heir, so you're going to need a wife because you got to have an heir, and that heir has to have your blood. Or otherwise, one of your cousins or somebody is going to, you know, take over your throne you left. You know, he he just really didn't like women. So that was really disgusting to him. So as you can see that in, throughout English history, that there was a, quite a few exchanges of name changes in the, uh, when it came to the, uh, what would you say, uh, Kingship because of that Because mm-hmm. there was a lot of them that They just simply Couldn't stand women <laughs> And then some yeah. of them were You know like King Henry VIII He was quite anti-woman Quite male chauvinistic That's why he had a lot of them killed But uh, King James had his wife killed so, so why? I mean, this, this is this is where I say, you know, I, I have these questions even as a kid. So, why would we embrace such a person who is of such such a book who is of such a person, especially when we didn't go out and get that? It is a belief system that was imposed upon us with bloody hands by a wicked oppressor for the benefit of that oppressor, and we embrace oh. it. What, what, I don't, you know, do you, do you have any kind of grasp on that mentality, man? Uh, uh, yes, I do. I, uh, uh, yes, and I want to make a couple of more comments about Mr. King James. Mr. King James oh, also partic- participated in removing some books from the Bible also, which didn't agree with him. You know what I'm saying? Some of them uplifted the woman. You know, and said that, you know, basically, you know, like she was a, a queen, a mother of heaven, you know, like the mother in the sky in heaven, that that was the same as the mother on earth and so forth. Mm-hmm. That, you know, you have books like the uh, Negus Nagast, and that is actually means the glory of the king. Now, I know you like. Why would a king take that book out? Well, because it tells the king how he's supposed to behave and treat his wife, for one thing. Mm-hmm. So he didn't agree with that because 
you know, he, he wanted to bend over for the boys. So there you go. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's mm-hmm. just be real about it. We're adults, and that's what happened. Please do. Please so, do. Yes. Yeah. And he and he did have her killed. This is a fact. Uh, said she was a witch and all that stuff to try to get away with it and all that. When actually, you know, that wasn't the case. He just couldn't stand the thought of, uh, you know, intercourse with a woman. So, uh, but as of our mentality, and you can get that book, Negus Negast, you can get that book on Amazon. You go and check out the Amazon.com books. You can go get that. You know, you can go get that book. So just in case, if people think, well, where is that at? Can you find it? Yes, you can. Give, give, give me that like, name again. Uh, give me that name one more time. The Negus, the Negus, the Negus, N-E-G-U-S, and uh, then it says Negus, N-A-G-A-S-T. It's a lot to the title, okay. you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, you know, there's a lot of, we, we're going to end up getting into conversation about that because I've done a lot of research on that, too. Um, whereas, uh, you know, the word nigger that everybody so much hates now, yeah. that it is a corrupted word. Okay. It's a corrupted word. That That is where that word comes from. Nigger. And you say it like that, and it sounds just like niggas anywhere else. Sounds just like and, uh, Yeah, yep. But uh, they corrupted it because they were calling us niggers and meaning that when they came inland that we were taken from the Niger River. And if you look in the Queen's Dictionary with the small print, the uh, Oxford Dictionary, the ones with all of the uh, uh, true English words, because Americans speak a dialect of English, a dialect. Nigger is spelled N-I-G-E-R, just like Niger or, mm-hmm. n- or the Niger River, but it's still pronounced that. They said that the uh, that they ended up getting most of us. We lived near the Niger River, and they just straight up just called us niggers. Mm-hmm. And remember that if you're a king in Ethiopia, they still go by niggers. And uh, Buddha was a Nagas. And the Nagas is still even in India, not just in the other Asian, Asian countries. All right? So, and then if if you go back far, when you're talking about uh, Egypt, they were called nigger, nigger. So it's the same thing, same thing. These words go back to something holy and great, and uh, not something bad, but. The thing that the, the trick was was to have a good night, was to beat you and to and make you get it, you know, make you submit to slavery, to beatings and everything, 
while they call you this. So you feel bad even though you're being called something good. Wow. That was the difference. That's really what it was. It's a psychology today. So it, what it is is to make you hate yourself. You know, think about it. We could have picked many other things besides cotton, right? True. But a lot of us pick cotton because cotton is the texture of our hair. And then we wonder why a lot of us hate our hair. So that's psychological. So as of when you said that this religion, uh, or would you say uh, uh, Christianity, was imposed on us by the the blade, the bullet, by whip, forced on us? Yes, it was. Imposed on us? Yes, it was. Uh, During slavery? This is very true. This is very true. The version in which we have was imposed on us through slavery. So let's say that all of the books and stuff, that they were originally from Africa. Okay. But that was when it was all of the books. The version in which we have right now was imposed on us. It's the European version, you know, with the white Jesus and everything. That was imposed on us. Because the further you go back, the blacker Jesus gets. And the nappier his hair gets. The woolier his hair gets. As a matter of fact, even in the King James Version, they still talk about Jesus having woolly hair and being swarthy. They didn't change that. You know what I'm saying? They just changed the pictures. But in actuality, when you think of things, you think in pictures. Now, the ancients knew this. That's why all ancient languages are some type of hieroglyphics or or pictographs because they knew images. Images change the uh, is what grooves your mind. Yes, indeed. What sticks to you. Not letters. Not letters. Actually, it's the images. And even if you look at a lot of ancient languages, you know, and you say, well, this is the letter Aleph, and this is the letter Bay. Well, let me tell you something. They're all images. They're all images, and we can discuss that one day. And people are going to have to Google it and start looking at the letters as something different, the ancient letters, whereas mm-hmm. these modern letters, you know what? There's not a lot of the ancient left in the modern letters. It's not a lot of it. But, you know, that's the truth. But at any rate, you, this this Christian religion was imposed on us, and nobody can deny that. It was imposed on us, and we had everything taken from us, our God, everything, all that stuff, you know, we were forbidden to do a lot of things, like we were forbidden to dance. Can you believe that shit? That black people were forbidden to dance, forbidden to have, like, party stuff. And then we have churches today that even though that's not even in the Bible, as a matter of fact, David danced in Psalms. As a matter of fact, Psalms 
is supposed to be sung anyway because it's a big song. All the songs are supposed to be sung, and so you're supposed to sing it. So, um, but yet you have back in them days where they didn't want you to sing. Uh, if you had a piano, they didn't want you to touch the black keys on the piano. <laughs> you know, it's all psychological. Yeah, it's a whole bunch of stuff there. Yeah, it's all psychological. I'm telling you, it's all geared toward making you hate yourself. See, and and, and it did a job on us. They did a psychological job on us. Slavery, and we we didn't have time to heal. We never had time to heal. No one tried to help us. They didn't ask us was we hurt from it, was we still fucked up, but we were. And then we ran in the okay, it wasn't chattel slavery, it was slavery by another name. Or it was a, a, a segregation, or you know what I'm saying. We went from one level to another level. It was all still messed up, though. The thing is, we what gets me is that okay, now it was imposed on us, and it, and it must have been done masterfully because here it is now. We have a choice, but we still insist on embracing this religion and. It, what, what, another thing about the Bible that I don't get is that any book that can justify, can be used to justify good, I mean evil, as well as it can justify good, there's something wrong with that book. What, what do you think on those? E, yes, indeed, that's true. Now, as of uh, uh, now, as of uh, uh, that, we have a choice now. That's true. But here's the deal: a lot of people. Like the church, it's become a social event. Uh, some people, that's the only family they got. They ain't got no family nowhere else, so they spend all their time in the church. Uh, it's a social club, you know. It, it's like a motorcycle club or something like that. And, you know what I'm saying, they, they go there and they spend all their life and time there now. And so th- it's become an attachment and it, it it's not a place where, you know, people are interested in the truth. It's a business like the uh like the uh, uh what's that Reverend that told his uh congregation and he drives around in a Lamborghini in a Lamborghini Creflo. by the way, this Creflo. He drives around in a Lamborghini already, right? So then this man drives around in a over a quarter million dollar car. But Yet he he needs not just a regular airplane because I'm sure they wouldn't mind giving him a regular airplane. He could get him a Cessna and get to where he needs to go. And as a matter of fact, a Cessna is very fuel efficient. But no, he wants a Learjet. He wants a top of the line personal jet, a Learjet. Can you believe it? A Learjet. People don't know what a Learjet is. That's a hell of a jet, but he wants that. So he decided on how much each member of his church should pay him so that he can fly around in a Learjet, you know, so he can look like Tony Stark. And people defended him, which, which, which had me scratching a hole in my head. How in the, I mean, how are we thinking here? Don't you see 
the sinister BS right in front of your face? Well, you got to consider the mentality in which we have. Remember that a lot of people, you know, you know your grand, you know, like for instance, me. I grew up that. I grew up Christian because most of us did, and that most of us are descendants of slaves. And so what happened is, is that my grandma loved me, and I know she loved me. And she taught me that Christianity with love. As a matter of fact, I'm going to tell you a story. She taught me that with love. And she and my mom taught me it with love. Don't mean it was all right, but it was with love. And you knew they loved you when they taught you it. And they told you them stories and didn't even know what the hell they were talking about. Right? Good point. You're mm-hmm. right. Yeah. So, 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 so we love Grandma. And you can't tell me we don't love Grandma. You can't say it. Sure. Heck, I probably love your Grandma. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, I hear you. Yes. Yeah. So, so we taught this, even though a lot of it's crap, even though there's some really bad things in it and some stuff you really don't, wouldn't want to ever agree with. So, you know, you grow to respect the pastors and the church and all this stuff, and it's a heck of a psychology and a thing, you know. It's kind of like the really Lynch syndrome. Like they say, they're going to teach you. They're going to keep teaching you. you. It'll be taught for generations and for generations. So, at any rate, when I was very young, very, 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 very young, um, my mom taught me how to read and write. Now, how she taught me was that she taught me how to write my name on my sibling's name, her name, grandma's name, grandpa's name, and my father's name, right? So she covered all of the little letters and all that, and she taught me my ABCs and my one, two, threes up to 100, right? So... Then she started really getting into how to read, you know. Um, so what happened was is she's in the medical field. She was a, she's a veteran. My father's a veteran. There's many veterans throughout my family. And so all the way up to this, all the way back to the doggone Revolutionary War. Thing is, is that she taught me. And she decided to give me the Bible, right, to, for my first book to read. And I would ask her, what's this word, what's this word, and all that stuff. And I was learning to read, right? So when I get to Leviticus, I read in Leviticus chapter 11, 7, guess what? That you ain't supposed to eat pork, that pork is an abomination. So at that time, when I got to that part, I chose to ask the pastor, whom all my family so graciously respected. And he said an abomination. I asked him what it was an abomination. He said an abomination means that God hates it, and that is something God despises and hates. And I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, so if something's an abomination in the Bible, God hates it. I said, okay. So what happened? I tell her, well, Mom, I'm not going to eat pork no more. <laughs> she said, why? Well, because God right. hates it. 
she's like, what you mean God hates it? So I, I show it to her in the Bible. You know what I'm saying? She gave it to me to read. <laughs> right? Yeah. Just yeah. like the, yeah. just like the slaves, just like the slaves. That's what that was their first book to read. That's their first book to read. So I guess I'm gonna got a little Nat Turner in me or something. So I say, hey, <laughs> this, this is we're not supposed to eat that. So I'm not eating no more bacon. And I tell and I show it to her, and she get boy, you can eat that bacon. No. Ain't nothing wrong with the bacon. I said, yeah, something's wrong with the bacon because God hates it. <laughs> he don't yep. want us to eat this. So you can't, you know, something's got to be wrong with it. <laughs> yeah. So she gets mad. Yeah. So she gets mad and everything and all that stuff. Right? Well, you know, it ain't hurt nobody and everybody been in the 80s and your grandma ate it and all those 80s. And we survived off of this stuff. And she talked about slavery. She said the slaves ate it. They eat the guts and, and, and all of the chitlins and everything and all that. And they survived off of it, right? But we didn't, you know, but I, I'm a little kid. You know, I'm, I'm four years yeah. old, right? Yeah. So I don't even know what slavery and all that stuff is and all that. I don't know the answer now to that. But this is what she said. So later on when I find out what slavery is at a later age, I'm about nine years old, and I really get to study in that. Guess what I found out? That we were forced to eat that. That was the leftover shit that NASA gave us. We ain't had no choice but to eat what was there. Exactly. You had to eat something. And you was going to work from sun up to sundown. It wasn't like we had any choices. We got choices now. But you're going to give us something that even the book that they gave us say that we ain't supposed to eat. <laughs> that was, it was deep. It was deep, man. So I learned something that day. I'm like, wow. So you're going to really go against that. You know, so it let me know how people really felt, you know. Yeah, they, 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 they want to have it both ways. And, you know, you know it's borderline hip, hip, hypocrisy to it. Extension, which is good to me. Oh yeah, they they ain't they ain't stop eating bacon. Bacon is good, so they ain't gonna stop that. They gonna put that bacon on the on their macaroni and cheese and everything else. <laughs> and guess what? I stopped eating bacon, and it got to a point where I wouldn't even come to the table if that's what I saw. Because you know, it got in there where. You know, if you do eat bacon, or even if you touch it, that you are unclean to the evening. It said all that. It's all in there about how you clean yourself up after you done fucked up some bacon or some pork. All that's in there. So I wouldn't come to tell. So, but she taught me to respect the Bible, and then when I find something in there, she immediately went against it. And she had a choice now versus what the ancestors had, right. who didn't right. have a choice. So, See, I, 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 she, go ahead, go ahead. That shows you the psychology, that's a deep psychology and a pathology that we've acquired. Indeed. You know, Indeed. you can't even really, per se, go by the book in which you claim to love. You know, we have a lot of that. We have a lot of that. And it's, and it's not to be argued on that. 
because it says an abomination. It's not an argument. And that's another pet peeve I have with that is because, like, like I was saying before, it's like it's, it's a convenience vehicle also. When it's convenient for you to, to quote something, but when it comes to, like you say, live by what you just got through quoting, then then you have another quote to justify why, why you screwed up on that one and why you ain't going in that direction. That's why I say a Bible who can justify evil as well as good. There's something wrong. Any book that can do that, there's something wrong with that book. Because my thing, I was talking on a show the other day with uh, – uh, Brother uh, Jimmy Williams and uh, Carl Sanderson. And I was saying that, uh, you know, uh, the first thing out of people's mouths is uh, leave, it in the, leave it in the hands of the Lord. God's going to see you through. Just pray. Pray, check this thing. Uh, Jesus got this. God got this. Okay, but they're the first ones to go to the emergency room when they get sick. So I'm saying that if, if you feel that way, then, then you, you, know, you, you stay at the crib and, and do your praying and leave it in the hands of the Lord, and let the people who understand that they need a dog on doctor, let them get them room, let them so they ain't got to wait in line so long. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. And, and, and go through the courts and let them know that in here it says that God going to take care of it, and that's how I'm going. And let them know, I don't want none of your shots, I don't want to know none of that. And that's what it is. And And they'll have to say, well, we got that Bible too. <laughs> It, we make you swear on it. Well, I'm swearing on it. Ain't you swearing on it? And, and make them understand that. That's right. If you're going to do it, do it. That's what I'm saying. I'm not so much as, I mean, that's another, I mean, that's another conversation. You know what I'm saying? The seriousness of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, but, uh, uh, yeah, man. Uh, and the, the, the evil parts in there. There's some evil parts in there. Uh, I haven't heard one thing anti-slavery that Jesus said, but he said plenty pro-slavery. That's incredible to me. When I saw that, that was when I decided, not just because, you know, the past is eating pork, Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying, and uh, you know my mama eating pork and all that. Okay, that's kind of menial in a sense, but when the Bible, when you know Jesus talks pro-slavery, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. That's some intense fucked up shit for me. I can't go for that. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. So that's when I tell people, no, I'm not Christian. And then they, they get upset about that. But, no, I'm not Christian. Because there's things I agree with in there, but there's things I don't agree with in there. I do not agree with any of the male chauvinism in there. I do not agree with any of the uh, slavery, pro-slavery shit. Because there's a lot of, I mean, because that's what the uh, European used to say, that, hey, man, it's okay for us. To uh, enslave you, they well, use sold to, like I say, it's, a, it's, it's, it's imposed on by the oppressor for the benefit of the oppressor. Now, as Jesus, granted, Jesus was black, and uh, my understanding is he didn't write not one book. The books were written about him. Uh, were there any uh, authors of that writing that that were black also, or were they all European? Exactly, that's, that's the way they. That's the way they got it. 
but in actuality, yeah, that's what they say. Now, now, is the is the stories are they? Now, this is the main question when you look at it: is the stories European, or is it not European? Well, all you got to do is look at everything in there, and you'll find out that nothing is European. It made its way to Europe. So when you find that out, it traveled from the east to the west. And when you find that out, then you realize, okay, well, they're never lying about the white Jesus. But if you really want to see what it is and really want to think about it, shoot, Jesus ain't even, he's a mythological individual. He's not even real. When they talk about it, they're talking... Huh? Yeah, no. I said I've kind of, yeah, I've kind of uh, embarked on yeah, that yeah. idea too. Yeah. Yeah, he's not even a real person. These individuals are. They are. It's a journey of your soul. Sometimes they're your spiritual body. And sometimes what they're doing is a function of that spiritual body. Um or part of your body, your physical body, and uh, what you are going through when you're becoming conscious or awake, as some New Agers would like to say. So that's what all that is. Because Jesus, when you read it for what it is, and they switched the name to Jesus, you know what I'm saying, because it's really Yeshua. It's really Yeshua. Okay. So it's not really Jesus. So, um, but uh, it's Yeshua, and the closest thing to Jesus would be Jesus um, in Arabic, or uh, what would you say, uh, a Greek. So, and we know that Latin was one of the extreme later later languages that was written in. It was, you know, so. The point what I'm saying is, is is that when you really look at it, Jesus is you. Jesus is you. And but, uh, but if you put look, your I haven't been, I have been I haven't I haven't been saying that Jesus is you, but I have been saying uh, in a different way that you know uh, if you want to know what God looked like, all you had to do was look in the mirror. That's, if they'll, they'll say, oh, we're, if people will say that we're a reflection of God, if that's the case, then therefore, when you look at your reflection, then who are you looking at? I would say that would be God. It's, I mean, you okay. know, how do you feel about exactly. that? Exactly. That's, that's, that's very true. That's very true. And remember, in the Bible, it says Christ is within. It never talked about a physical Christ. Yeah. It talked about Christ within. And, and, you know, that's what it is. It's within you. But uh, um, that's, that's, that's important to me that you said that. It really is. So um, when it comes to actual spirituality, that's what we're talking about right now. And in actuality, even the uh, the uh, Catholics, the they are admitting now with the... Uh, what would you say uh, 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 release of the uh, secret files of the Inquisition that they have released the fact that 
Christianity wasn't even theirs, that it was really called Gnosticism. And then what happened was is they took over the Gnosticism. The Gnosticism was taken over anyway. So what ended up happening was is that, and, and that was the spiritual side of it, you know, and so what happened was is, is that the Catholic Church wanted to take over it, and so what they did was is that they started killing off a lot of the original groups of Gnostics so, Gnostics, so that they can have the monopoly on it. So they can say, well, you need to come to us. So Gnostics became a more secretive group for the few that were left. So, but at any rate, you have a a spiritual or esoteric side of the uh, 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 metaphysical side of the every religion, and then you have a physical, literal uh, um, side, exoteric side of a religion. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what you have. And so, when it comes to Christianity. Gnosticism is the spiritual, and uh, the uh, uh, regular literal side, you know, is the uh, physical. And then you also have it in Judaism. You have Kabbalah as for Judaism. And then you have the regular literal uh, Torah stuff as, you know, the what would you say, uh, 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 exoteric fast? And uh, what would you say, uh, yeah, for that? So then you have, even for Islam, you have Sufism for the, ec- the esoteric spiritual side. And then you have, for the regular Islam, you have the, uh, the, uh, uh, really, uh, Non-spiritual, literal crap. You wow. know, uh, you know, a lot of Muslims. Go ahead. A lot of Muslims don't know that uh, when they say cover, when in the in the Quran they're talking about cover your your women, they're telling them that you need to protect your women and love your women and keep them safe. When that's not what, what they think it means, cover every part of their body. But that's a physical, carnal way of thinking about it, a religious way of thinking about it, when it's actually talking about a spiritual way, a compassionate way of thinking about your woman. And you notice that ain't too much compassion in in, in a lot of these religions when they think in a non-spiritual way. Well, my understanding is more people have been killed and maimed in the name of these religions than by any other means uh, throughout history. That, that, that's documented. Fact uh, there. Uh, on that oh, note, I'm gonna take a, I'm gonna take a, I'm gonna take a quick break. When we come back, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go in on uh, on the, the Catholic Christianity a little bit. I got some a few questions about that. Uh, if you can, then you, you, you cool? You still you, you able to hold on with us? Yep. Okay. Uh, hold on, we're going to, uh, you know, regardless of what the conversation is, I gotta do, gotta do old school. It's just something in my DNA to do a little old school and, uh, real quick and we'll be coming right back and we'll, 
uh, pick up right where we left off. You all, uh, callers, uh, if you want to call in, 718-664-9513, 718-664-9513. If you want to call in and just listen, uh, that's fine. You do that if you want to call in and you want to make have a question or a comment, then uh, what you do is press the number one. I'll see that you want to uh, get in and make a comment, have a question, and we'll get you on the air when we get back. You all hold tight. We'll be right back in a few minutes.
Hey, Chicago, for your next family reunion, call Jimmy Williams of Abstract T-Shirts at 773-690-5366. That's 773-690-5366. Your family reunion expert since 1990, with photo T-Shirts and custom printing available. You can see samples of his work on the Internet. Search for JimmyWilliamsOnline.com. That's JimmyWilliamsOnline.com. One word. For families wanting reasonable prices, quality service, and good advice at making their family reunion a success, call Jimmy Williams from Abstracts T-Shirts at 773-690-5366. That's 773-690-5366. Your family reunions should always be a happy occasion, and your T-Shirts should reflect that. Call Jimmy Williams at 773-690-5366. Your T-shirt man.
while back, and you all know me. Those who do know I'm old school. Ain't no school like old school. And once when they took our music away, when we allowed our music to be taken, we allowed our minds to be taken. If we can do something to get our music back, it won't do it all, but it'll be a step in the right direction of getting ourselves and our mentality back, singing about love and respect and morals and not what's going on now. But anyway, back to what we were talking about. Uh, Brother Daniel, you just with me? I am still with you. All right, brother. Good. We have a couple of our callers uh, waiting to get on for question or comment. But I, first, I want to say, actually, uh, I'm going to talk about the, the Catholics. And because, you know, the Pope was just here. And, I mean, uh-huh. you think that it was the coming of God. And more power to who feels that way. But I, I, me, being the question, precious type person I am, and knowing the documented history of this particular organization, organization which is documented, I'm not making this up. So don't don't trip on me, anybody. I'm not making this up. That has been a haven for undercover homosexuals and pedophiles. Because if it was any black organization who had that same uh, rep- rep- reputation, it, it would it wouldn't be uh, the glamorous event that you see when the Pope comes here. Do you have any thoughts about the, the fixation? on uh, this euphoria pertaining to the Pope, Brother Lamb? Well, yeah, they uh, they were taught that he was uh, holy and all that stuff. I mean, they were taught this with love. People were taught this with love by people who loved them and, and, and you know, changed their diapers and bathed them and, and, and nursed them when they were sick and so forth. So these things were taught to them like that. So, you know, even though they might even know some people, like, for instance, I got some people in my family that are actually Catholic, and they know that about all those uh, pedophile uh, and rape of little boys and so forth, they know about it. You know what I'm saying? But they're still Catholic. They're still Catholic. Yeah. You know, I just think that a better representation could be made, uh, you know, by a lot of these people. I do. I'm not saying you have to be right and exact and perfect or nothing like that. That's okay. I'm saying that, hey, man, okay, you know, maybe you're homosexual, but uh, do you have to go after little kids? You know, do you have to rape you know, just certain things. And they'll tell you that, you know, Catholics really talk to you about stuff like that is considered unexcusable in the eyes of God. So, you know, Dante uh, uh, wrote a uh, play about hell and puts many popes in it because they were going against the very thing they were supposed to represent. So, yeah, a lot of this is it has to do with that, you know. We are taught that. And it's hard to break from that feeling that was told, that was given to you, and that genuine feeling for, you know, from grandma, from grandpa and all that when they talk to you about these things, you know, because they meant it, you know what I'm saying, even though the preachers, you know, checking you out. When you put it that way. When you put it that way, when you say that you've been taught that with love, because that is true. I, and I was raised in a Baptist church, and, uh, you know, uh, it wasn't opposed on me by my grandparents. Like you say, the youth lives the love syndrome, and 
you kind of, you know, you went for it. I, I went along with it, even though, even as a kid, I was not with it because it just didn't, it just didn't make any sense. But we have, we have going to bring on a caller here, Brother Kyle Sanders, and I hope we're going to bring Brother Kyle in and see, uh, check out his comment and give a question for you, brother, ma'am. Uh, brother Kyle, are you with us? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. How you doing, Keith? Uh, brother Lemuel. Is that how you pronounce your name, Lemuel? That's good. Brother Lem? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to alleviate some of this noise so you guys can hear me. Uh, I got a couple of questions for you. One is while we on uh, Catholicism. One is with the Catholics. How come? I got a couple of questions. I know, you know, they they're not long, but how yeah. come? How come? Uh, the, how come the Pope is seen as some type of godly figure? You know, why do we look? Why is the people look at him as some type of godly figure? And and here's another thing. Maybe you can explain this one to me. Um. When I when you pass when our body and when we pass is on, can't let anybody down unless you get authorization. Do you hear me? Yep, he would have to. Uh, 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 hold on, I'm listening. Go ahead, brother Carl. Okay, here's a here's, here's a question for you that you can probably help me with because I hear people say this, make this statement all the time. They say, "Oh, boy, you're gonna go to hell." You know, you you going to heaven, you going to hell. Now, how could one say that and they never experienced that? Just like each religion, they always talk about, you know, where they're going. That's why they go to church to get their salvation. But the reality is, don't nobody know where you're going because if you're living, you haven't experienced it. So my thing is, uh, by you being in this field, in this uh, religion uh, field and whatnot, you might have a, a, a good, better idea to tell me where do the body go, where do the spirit go? When you take your last breath and you pass away, what my thing is the spirit stays right here on earth. You know, that's just my belief, my personal belief. So where do the spirit go? Because we know that the body is nothing but clay, and it goes back to back. However, if you clean them, you know, in the ground, get them work. Lighting on that in the bed, if you can. All right, brother Lamb, you with us? Brother Lamb is at work at the same time. He's trying. He's trying to get this in. He's kind of like you, Carl. He's trying to get it in while he's on the job. So we we working it out. He's probably uh, into straightening uh, out a situation probably right now. So he'll be all right. Brother Lamb, you back yet? Yeah, I'm back. Okay. Did Did you hear? Uh, did you get the brunt of Brother Carl's question? Uh, a little bit, a little bit. You're talking about where the spirit goes, right? And yeah, that's, you pass the, yeah, that's right, right. Is that the the main part of it? You want to know where the spirit goes? Yeah. What do the spirit goes? You know. And I want to know, you know, because I hear it all the time when people say they be, you know, hey, man, you're going to hell, Carl, you're going to heaven. You know, how do they know this? Is this just part of what's been told over the centuries, you know, to people? And, you know, mm-hmm. 
I'm just, you know, I know you probably heard it as well, but you might have a better understanding than me, you know. Yeah, what's the, and what's the, the purpose other of question, the other, the other ahead, question was, how come no, people no, look no. at how come the people look at the Pope as as this godly figure? Why do we have masses of masses of people in the world looking at Catholicism as this the ultimate religion? As Catholicism is the ultimate religion, you know. You got, you got, did you get that, Lamb? Yes. Okay, you got multiple questions, but let's talk about Catholicism being the ultimate religion first. Because I, I, I kind of felt when you were talking on that um, more than where does the spirit go. Um, I think you might be a little resolved that uh, they don't know where the spirit go and they don't know what heaven and hell is. But uh, as of uh, it being the ultimate religion, well, this is the thing. Uh, they do not have a what would you say a a ultimate uh, uh, monopoly on spirituality? Um, they surely don't. Um, as a matter of fact, when you look uh, esoterically, which means uh, spiritually wise, all of the religions are actually the same. And that goes back to pagan religions, even though the uh, Catholic Church doesn't want to admit that. What it is is that they want to they want to act like they're the only way, and they want a monopoly on it. So therefore, they and in order to keep the monopoly, they got to convince you somehow that everybody else is wrong. I mean, true. One of the popes even said that all the other. Uh, Christian religions, the Christian sects, are just cults, and they ain't no good, and you should get away from them. I mean, he said all of them, Baptists, Methodists, everything, Mormons, uh, shoot, all of them. It didn't matter whether you was a Shaker or a Quaker. They, you know, they said, he said they all are evil and they cults. <laughs> He sure did. Uh, so uh, what it is, is is that I look at it like this. They're scared that you're going to find out that, and it's all about money in the end and control, but they're scared that you're going to find out that they're no different and that maybe your previous religion was the same uh, if you decided to become that or that other religions are the same. Uh, you got 12 disciples in Christianity. That's all Christianity. It doesn't matter what sect it is. They got 12 disciples. All right? In Egypt, in Egypt, they had 12 sons of Horus. Okay? Uh, hey, you know, in Islam, they go by the 12 disciples. Instead of saying Luke, they say Lukeman. Instead of saying Jud, they say Yahya. Same thing. And, and they speak of Jesus. Uh, I think Jesus is in the Quran that we got right now. More, spoke about more than in the Bible that we got right now. 
the, I'm talking about the name Jesus appears there more. So, but we know that uh, Islam is kind of Johnny come lately because they're not even as old as Christianity, and we know Christianity isn't that old. So, 2,000 years old. So, but uh, they want to. I would like to answer that question about the uh 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 how you you born in sin and all that because he, he he had a lot to talk about there. Yeah, yeah. Um, what is meant by you're born in sin is is this, and actually this goes back to the original Gnosticism. When you're born in sin, that means that you come here as a spirit from the spirit world into the physical world. Your spirit is covered with skin, and this is where sin comes from. You're born in sin, you're born in skin, because the skin is what makes you addicted to the physical world, and you want more and more of the physical world, and you drift away more and more from the spiritual because you're covered with skin, because of the physical sensations and so forth. And so that's what they mean by you're born in sin. They mean you're born in skin. So then there's other things about uh, 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 hell and heaven. That's related to the uh, chakras that you have. Now, the chakras in the Bible are called the seven seals, just like the Hindus say you got to open up your chakras. The Bible says you got to open up your seven seals, and that's what they are. Now, let me ask you this. In comparison to uh, Christianity, because I, I took a class, and it, it was a really awakening, too, uh, a couple of years or so ago, uh, world religions, and they went into uh, Hinduism and Buddhism, and uh, I believe one is called the, some of the, uh, what do they call the uh, religions that from not the authentics, but uh, I forget what they call them. The indigenous. Oh, indigenous. Yeah, indigenous yeah. or pagan. You know, that's right. just a way to say that it's it's not it's not Christian or it's not this or it's not that. That's all that is. You know, from, or not from your study, Christian. From, from your studying, in comparison, okay, we uh, need deeper in, 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 with this Christianity embedded into our head. What 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 other religions out there? Can you look at it and say, you know what, this would be a good situation if we would just embrace this, we'd probably be better off. Is there one out there, any out there that you can say that to in comparison to what's being embraced and, and celebrating right here? Well, I think that there's a, that's a very good question, and I think that there are a lot of religions that are like that. Actually, uh, 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 especially since I'm against slavery, and I don't like that. Jesus was so pro-slavery. Um, there's a, quite a few religions that actually are against slavery and talk about breaking your shackles and, and getting away and all that stuff. Uh, for instance, uh, uh, 
in Haiti, we got this thing called voodoo. And I know that's going to scare a lot of people, but they broke the shackles of the slave masters and put them off the island. Okay? And they, and guess what? There aren't any myths in voodoo where they talk about that slavery is good. That's one. Then you, you know, that goes all the way back to uh, uh, the uh, Orishas, like Yoruba and stuff, that they don't talk about slavery as good. You know, um, Buddha doesn't talk about slavery being good. He's not pro-slavery at all. Buddha is not pro-slavery one bit. And as a matter of fact, the good things, the nice things that are, 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 that are in the Bible that Jesus talks and says, shoot, Buddha said the same thing. So, uh, yeah, there's, there's quite a few. There's quite a few. Um, quite a few. Um, um, uh, you got... Now, what uh, about... Uh, and, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. And, and you know that that there are uh, uh, when people are pro-slavery, when a religion or God is pro-slavery, you know that you know it because they have rules for slavery. You shouldn't even have a rule for slavery. It should be no slavery. But there is rules for slavery in Islam, in Judaism. In uh, 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 Christianity, yeah, there's rules for slavery. There's rules for slavery that were even in uh, uh, in the Roman religion. There was rules for slavery. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. We're gonna have to do another show. No, no question about that. No question about that. I got so many. I have so many angles. So many questions. I, I got. I got notes. I'm looking like Ray Rayner. Looking like Ray Rayner over here, man, with all the patches and notes all over oh, yeah. here on the desk. And uh, but uh, let, let me ask you this because this is now this is where I this is my angle because what works for me. What do you, what do you think about uh, spirituality via meditation? Uh, all because religions that's because, because that's the, and let me just say this, because I, always, I, I always said that I think that uh, the religious people who embrace religion are taught to reach outside of themselves for a power. When I meditation has you turned around, have you reaching into you and embracing what you already have, what what's right there for you? What's what's your opinion on that? No, that is the truth. But uh, and actually, uh, all religions. Talk about meditation. Uh, Buddha meditated. He just stresses it a lot. He stresses it a lot. He really gets into it and talks about it. Now, all the other one, all the other religions talk about it too. Every last one of them. Hinduism really stresses meditation. By the time when you get to Krishna, Krishna talk about meditation. Um. Uh, uh, in Greece, in the Greek religion, I, I got to talk about the Greek religion. Uh, uh, Hercules meditates, and Hercules is the Greece or ancient Greece Christ. He's the Christ. 
you know, he's the son of a god, and he uh, uh, yet is human and on this earth, and uh, he actually has with him, if you look at the last, uh, what would you say, uh, um, um, uh, Hercules with the with the rock in it, he had seven buddies with it. That's the seven chakras. He had seven guys with him, mm-hmm. seven partners. That's the seven chakras, okay? Uh, in the Bible, they talk a lot of sevens. You know what I'm saying? They put, and, and when it came to Jericho, they put seven jewels in the chest and marched around the walls of Jericho. Now, in actuality, that has absolute, and it marched around the walls of Jericho seven times with the seven jewels, to be precise. So, you know, that has absolutely nothing to do with an actual army marching around some actual brick walls. That has to do with the raising of your spirit or your kundalini and the opening of your chakras or opening of your seven seals as they got in Revelation. That's what that has to do with. It has nothing to do with it. It's a metaphysical a mythological story on how your spiritual body works. And that's what that is. So, but at any rate, uh, we're going to make some more comparisons because we need to see these comparisons. And I want to talk about the Zodiac too. The Zodiac is very crucial in this, but we're going to end up getting into that. Because, I, I, you know, I also do astrology. Because a lot of people well, you know what? think that there's no... What? I'm going to say that that is excellent because uh, we, yeah, we, are, we will definitely do another show and that Zodiac would def- absolutely be a part of it. I'm, I'm, I have some curiosities and questions about that too, man. We we may have to do a series, you know. Oh, but, yeah, we uh, can do that. Man. But we're going to I'm gonna come to a close on this one. Uh, but go ahead. You, okay. Uh, well, I'm going to give you I'm gonna give a chance to make we, a closing. I'm going to let you make a closing statement ahead. anyway. So go ahead and just make a closing statement, anything you want to say to share to the world out there, and uh, we'll just give you that moment right now to make your closing statement. I just want to say, you all, that all religions, pagan and non-pagan, and all that stuff are all the same. There is no distinction between spirituality of either one of them. And I can prove it to you, and I can take the mythology of each one and show it to you and apply it even to the Zodiac. And I really want to explain next time about how that there is astrology in the Bible. Now, it's going to be difficult for a lot of people, but I'm going to show it to you. You know, but that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make sure that you see it, you know, but it's going to be in story form, but I'm going to show you that it's there. So uh, uh, all the way up to the current age in which we are now. Okay? So I'm going to go back further than just Jesus. I'm going to go back far. So <laughs> we're going to see that. Looking but, forward to uh, it, man. I- that's about it. Right I'm gonna make sure that they see that that the that there are more likenesses because of spirituality. The the likenesses are there, and and as it says in the Bible, God doesn't 
change from yesterday or today. He's the same yesterday as today. And then I guess we're going to have to get into some mistranslations in the Bible, too. So there's some things they just threw in there just for political stuff because they wanted to be able to do things like enslave you and so forth and many other things. Anyway. But, Lam, I will be contacting you. We will get together. We will come up with a uh, scheduled date, and we will do part two of this show. I'm going to title this show part one, and we will do a part two and whatever. And I, I, I'm really glad we got the show in. I tried to get you on last week, but I ended up having to do a dispatch. But I got you on now. I'm glad you came on with us, man, and I, I appreciate you. Let's do it again, man. No problem. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. And in closing, no problem, brother, any time. And uh, as I always say, in the name of whomever or whatever, your spiritual power, Peace and good night. Ah, shit.
you have been listening to We Are Everyday People, Global Internet Radio Network.